0: Talking about Jesus is the greatest thing that could happen to anybody, knowing Jesus. Many Christians don't know Jesus, they don't know the person of Jesus, their knowledge of Jesus is not accurate. So the fellowship, their fellowship with Jesus is not proper. But I want us to look into the word of God, these four Sundays, knowing Jesus. We're we'll going to look at four sides of it. Today we'll look at one side of it. Go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He said, I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech, of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. All right? Verse 2. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. So today I'm sharing with you Jesus and him crucified. When you talk about Jesus, there are different aspects. But today I want to major on Jesus and him crucified. What does it mean to us? What does it mean to you? You ask a group of people, are we all sinners? Say yes. I know there are people like that who think like that. If we ask, are we all sinners? Of course, yes. We all, you know, but it's perfect. Oh, we're all sinners. Quickly, they've just landed there. But then I'd like to ask a question. Let's let let's let it not be that just because we became born again, we lost our minds. We couldn't think again. So then we ask Relevant questions and we get answers. Alright, relevant, relevant questions. Why did Jesus come? He came to take away our sin. Alright. Did he come? Yes. Did he die? Yes. Did he take away our sin? Yes. Are we still sinners? Yes. It shows they don't understand Jesus getting crucified. Romans 8. I start from verse 19. He said, "For the earnest expectation." Okay, maybe let's start from 18. He says, "For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us." All right. So he says, "For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestations of the sons of God." A beautiful scripture. I mean, almost in every Christian gathering where you know they like fire, you you hear the scripture. Right, So it says, for endless expectation of the creature awaited for the manifestation of the sons of God. Look at this. It means the creature or the endless expectation of the creature, they are not waiting for the manifestation of the son of God, which is Jesus. They are not waiting for his manifestation because the scripture already declares that the Son of God was manifested. So it's not something they should wait for. They are no longer waiting for the manifestation of the Son of God because the scripture says, for the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So the Son of God has already been manifested. So the creature is not waiting for the manifestation of the Son of God. They are waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Who are the sons of God? The word sons of God there is not referring to children of God, all right? Otherwise, you say, oh, they're waiting for the manifestation of the children of God. We are children of God. Let's manifest. No, children of God don't manifest. It is sons of God who manifest. All right, so what's the difference between the children of God and the sons of God? The children of God are those who are born of God. Just uh, right now in the, in the model church, I was teaching them right now. I, I taught them I'm born of God. They are the ones who are born of God. The children of God are born of God. But the sons of God are raised of God. When you hear son of God or uh, someone who is a son of God. You know, one time I heard, I heard um, a musician. Sometimes, you know, musicians try to preach. All right. I had musicians trying to preach to some people. You know, I said this in the in in the model church before come in and we were all laughing. I said you can say nonsense passionately. And the passion with which somebody says something doesn't make it true. Cape Coast is the capital of Burkina Faso. Cape Coast! Cape Coast is the capital of Burkina Faso. I did not see the passion with which I was speaking. Listen, I can easily deceive you. <laughs> I said, is the capital of Burkina. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> passion doesn't make it true. So the fact that you're hearing nonsense from somebody doesn't make it true. That, the passion notwithstanding. Thank you, Jesus. So. The dear musician was saying something. I I like him, but study, study, study. You know, and sometimes some people take out such parallelisms in scripture and uh, try to, uh, it makes no sense. And if I I preach what he preached right now, you would think, oh, this makes so much sense. It's like so beautiful. Oh, Oh, my God. All right, so he said, you see how we adopt children the Bible says that we have received the spirit of adoption. That means God adopted us. He said, The way you will go to an orphanage. You don't just pick any child, you select the child. You see how it's, it's looking so nice? Like, you select the child. God didn't just pick you, He selected you. Oh. Sounds like this one. Hmm thank you God for selecting me that's wrong that's not scripture that's not doctrine you were not adopted of God our sonship of God our being a child of God is not an adoption we are offsprings of God I'm trying my possible best not to preach what I preach there we are offsprings of God you don't feel like you're an offspring of God, right? You're just thinking, ah, oh, no, I'm an offspring of Mami Mansa. I'm an offspring of Mami Mansa. But he said something. Go to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. He says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, we all know that scripture, but there's a key that links, there's two statements here. There's a key that links these two statements, and that key is what controls the statements. He says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Then he puts a word there. That, that word is mind blowing. He said, behold, all things have become new. So now, what's he saying? He's saying, if any man being Christ is a new creature, all things are passed away. Behold. The word behold is the linking word. Why would he put behold? Anytime you say behold in the scripture, don't think King James is trying to talk. It's a, it's a word. The 8th Hebrew word is kazar, which means to look with the eyes of the spirit. That means when God says you're a new creature, he's not telling you to look at your physical body. He said look with the eyes of the spirit. This is a spiritual thing I'm talking about. He all things are becoming new. You are now a new creature in Christ Jesus. So, you are not an adoption. You are not a refurbish. When you got born again, you did not change. So, oh, I'm born again, I've changed. I'm born again, I've changed. John chapter 3. It's not a change. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. All right? Jesus answered and said to him, Very very I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Except a man be born again. So, is he talking about changing? That's the question. Is he talking about changing? Oh, I'm born again. That's to say, I've changed my life. No, that is not <laughs> being born again. That's what you are doing. Is, you are, um, it's like school. You were a thief. You no longer a thief. That's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're in school and because they lash you, say, Don't steal again. Like, I'll not steal again. It doesn't take you to heaven. This one is a different thing. When you are dealing with this, it's a different thing. Now, so, eh, but Christians don't steal. Let me tell you something. God is not really concerned about. God's not really concerned about the stealing or not the stealing. Let me show you a scripture. John 3. We are still in John 3, alright? Because a man who is not stealing and is not born again will still not go to God. So, it, that's not what God is concerned about. God's going to deal with something. And when he deals with it, when God deals with that thing, they're not stealing, will now join it. So, God wants... The life that he puts in you to control the not stealing. He doesn't want you. All right. I feel like I said something, but I don't know if that's something was a blow or I don't know what. I was in a meeting with pastors and they were talking about something and they, they brought up a topic. So one asked me a question. He said, Sir, I'm trying to remember the question very well because the question is very dicey. If I don't quote it well, it's coming misquoted. Okay, he's talking about. Let me paraphrase. All right, so we all know that that's not the exact question, but it's around that. He said that because um, I was talking to him about, you know, some of the challenges that when you are leading young people, one of the challenges come through you say, okay, so now um, they are. How do you convince like those who are virgins to rest- to remain virgins, right? So like. You, you go out, you're preaching to remain virgins, so because it looks like some people are trying to put it out of vogue that you know virginity is not important and all. Like that's what the question was around. So he was expecting me to come and say whatever he was expecting, I don't know. But this is the answer I gave you. Don't confuse virginity and purity. God is not looking for your virginity. Shabili Musati. Lift <laughs> tap your hand to whatever. Thank you, Father. He's not looking for it. Am I saying don't be a virgin? It means you want to misquote me. <laughs> if you say I said that, you want to misquote me right now. Because somebody's a virgin, she's watching porn. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know. So if you say there's, the, the, the yardstick is virginity, you are wrong. Because it is a thing of the heart. God is looking at the heart, He's not looking at the virgin. Because you can be a virgin, before, be a fool. According to the Bible, there were ten virgins. Five were wise. Five were foolish. So, you... So... Oh, no. I, I don't know why you are clapping, but I don't... Don't think that I'm saying I'm endorsing the other one. No, I'm not endorsing. I'm trying to say that it will not take you to heaven. But then, when you receive Jesus Christ, purity is expected. Because if immediately we made the take virginity, if we make the take virginity, so the one who is not... Can't God use the person again? You see, some people are thinking many things as I'm talking now. Mm. This pastor. Mm, 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 mm. I'm telling you what God is looking for. I'm telling you what God is looking for. God, there are some things like, you know, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. But you have done it in your heart. And Jesus Christ said, Oh, it's not the one that you do now. It's you. He said, As you have done it in your heart, it is already recorded for you. Come on now. (laughs) Are you getting it? So don't torment anybody with it. Some average this for lack of opportunity. (laughs) I'm telling you. In their mind, they have done it. (laughs) Now they know that if they get opportunity, they'll do it. So is that what God is looking for? No. (laughs) Look, the message I wanted to preach, I've not even gotten to it. I said Jesus and Him crucified. Yes. Shabila Makuski. Yes. Somebody will be thinking, hey, this pastor is telling. Listen, I said, don't misquote me. What you are hearing is the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is he looking for? John chapter 3. Oh. <sighs> Let's start from 18. Okay, you know, you know 16 already, so For God so loved the word I give God God's Son, I shall believe in him, shall be my so we move from there, go to verse 18. He says, he that believeth on him is not condemned. He said, but he that, no, there's nothing here dealing with. Okay. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So what's causing the condemnation? He said that he did not believe in the name of the Son of God alright verse 19 he said oh god he said and this is the condemnation he said this is the condemnation this is what is called the condemnation he said that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil hold on what's he saying he said this is the condemnation he said that light already came he said but men love darkness more than light." So when you go out there and you see sinners and you tell them that God will judge them, you have brought the light, but they will run away from the light because their deeds are already evil. Their deeds are evil. So we don't go out to condemn the world because that the light came. is already condemnation for them. Once the light comes, he said men rather love the darkness than the light because their deeds were evil. Because why? The light was exposing their deeds. So, you go to a place, the people are all not safe, and you start going to tell them, you people, God will kill you, God will punish you for what you are doing. You know what they do? They rebel against what you are saying. Most of the time, check it. They rebel against what you are saying. Because why? They know what they are doing is already wrong. So, as you are exposing the light, what's that? They are running into the darkness because their deeds are already evil. Look at verse 20. It says, for everyone that doeth evil, hated the light neither come to the light, lest his deeds should be destroyed. So do you know what Jesus did? Jesus did not throw light on people so that they will run away from the darkness. Jesus went inside them so that he would turn on. He would take away the evil inside them. Because if he puts the light on the outside, they will run away from the light. Now, Let's switch, let's switch this up, Romans chapter 8. Now I can start the message. Romans chapter 8. Now, I hope you don't misquote me on the one I said. I hope you understood. If you don't understand, see me later. Don't go and say that. Romans chapter 8. But, but, uh, Romans 20. I'm a very firm supporter of it. All right? I'm a very firm supporter. So, but, you know, sometimes some people have already gotten involved in something already, and the spirit of it is more important. That they'll say, okay, I'm abstaining from it. Even though I have this kind of past, it's more important to God than you physically keeping it and you are doing nonsense. So, you see what God is looking for looking at the heart. So, let's go to verse 20. Romans chapter 8, verse 20. He said, For the creature was made subject to vanity. Oh, my God. What's he saying? He said, for the creature was made subject to vanity. All right, start from verse 19. uh, Verse 19. He said, for the endless expression of the creature, he said, awaited the manifestation of the sons of God. So I said, they are not awaiting the manifestation of the son of God because the son of God has already been manifested. But that they are rather waiting for the manifestation of the sons of god that means the children of god that have come to maturity that means when we come to maturity he said that that is what the world has been waiting for that means the guy who is doing a bad thing the lady who is doing that bad thing that you know uh, um the creature was made subject to vanity you see it in verse 20. he said all those bad things they were doing not that they really liked it but they were made subject to vanity he said the creature was made subject to vanity in verse 20. What creature was made subject to vanity? Everything around. Let me tell you, mosquito was not made to suck your blood. Every insect was made to suck nectar. But the sin in the Garden of Eden, now ten lion against the lamb. Ten hyena against the sheep. Everything now was made subject to vanity. This is too important. Everything was now made subject to vanity. Every man was made subject to vanity. So Ecclesiastes, the preacher, Solomon said, he said, vanity upon vanity, all is vanity. That means the moment a man comes into the world, he starts the womb to get to the tomb. The creature was made subject to vanity. All their purpose in life is So, you see, everything that man is chasing after is the um, result of the vanity that the creature has been made subject to. So, a man comes into the world and all his life he's working toward making money. Creature has been made subject to vanity. Creature has been made subject to vanity. I say, Ah, Pastor, if you don't have money, what do you do? They don't spend money in heaven. For you to know that it's not the most important thing, they work on it in heaven. Street of gold. They walk on it in heaven. Money exists in the mind of the poor. I said, take the money from the rich and the poor. Take it from them and go and put them in another land. Come back after 10 years, the rich will still be rich. Money is a deception. Jesus Christ called the deceitfulness of riches. Am I saying money is not important? Money is very important. No, so I want you to understand what I'm saying. Money is important... But money cannot be the reason for your li- living. Money is supposed to be a tool for purpose. Money is supposed to be a tool for, for purpose and not the reason for li- So, So then Timothy said, he said, for the love of money, some people say, money is the root of all evil. Money is not the root of all evil. but the love of money is the root of all evil. He said, which sum or which many? He said, Sought after, he said, have pierced themselves with many sorrows. So, for the love of money, the root of all evil, which was which which was some converted after they have erred from the faith, he said, and pierced themselves with many sorrows. He said, the, the creature was made subject to vanity all their life. All they are thinking about is how do I feed my children? How do I do this? That's all they live for. The creature has been made subject to vanity, subject to vanity, subject to vanity. The guy is depressed, and all he's thinking about. Is drinking why he's drinking away his sorrow the creature has been made subject to vanity that there is there's a vacuum in his heart he's trying to fill it with something he's filling it with having multiple girlfriends and having multiple sex that's what he's trying to fill the vacuum with the creature has been made subject to vanity that man you know he wants a good life but he thinks a good life is, is is by joining the, 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 the cults so that he can have some power. There's a vacuum in his heart. The creature is made subject to vanity. When you see all the sin that is going on in the world, all the wickedness that is going on in the world, the creature has been made subject to vanity. The word subjects. That means they cannot help themselves. That is what Paul was saying when he said, O wretched man that I am, who shall release me from this bondage of sin. You know, some people quote it and say, oh, that means Paul was saying all of us. No, that's not the scripture. That's, that's not the, 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 the end of that scripture. That was, that was poetry. We're not read it. So you need to read the context of the writing to understand what he was saying. It was poetry. He was saying, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall release me? I think Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. Go to Romans chapter 7. So I, I don't go down context. Yes. we we'll start from verse 20, from verse 22. For I delight in the law after the inward man. All right? He's saying that I delight. He said, inside me, I want to do the right thing. Inside me, I delight inside me. Inside me. Now, for, for, for some of us who had a certain kind of background before we got born again, we understand this very well. Even though people saw us as the chili Papas. All right? No. People saw us as the chili Papas. We are the ones who received most letters in secondary school. You know what it means to receive most letters in, in secondary school? <laughs> I'm the star. <laughs> and one letter is from Princess, from Machimota. Ah. One is from Vivian, from Kosek. Ah. One is from Anita, from Rossis. Ah. And they are writing to me. They have almost shot from me. Ah. They, they, <laughs> they, they keep on calling me, they keep on calling me. <laughs> <laughs> but even though we're doing all that, deep down inside, We knew that something was wrong. He said, for I delight in the law after the inward man. The verse 23. He says, but I see another law in my members. He said, even though inside me, I want to do the right thing. He said, but I see something else working outside. Inside me, I want to do the right thing. But outside, I'm seeing that my body is going where it's not supposed to go. He said, I see another law in my members. Warring against the law of my mind. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Then he comes in 24 and says, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death?" It didn't end there. He answered the question. This is a question. He said, "I thank God through Jesus Christ." Because people have taken that 24 and said, "Oh, that means everybody, wretched man. Oh, wretched man that I am. Oh, wretched man. Oh, wretched man. We are all sinners. Oh, wretched man. Oh, pekwe could Oh Lord. Lord. He said a creature was made subject to vanity. The word vanity is coming from a Greek word mataiotis, which means the creature lost their purpose. Every creature lost their purpose. How do we find the creature's purpose? How do we know the creature's purpose? Colossians chapter 1. Everything that was created, what is its purpose? Everything that was made, what was its purpose? A creature was made subject to vanity. All right, let's start from verse 14. Mm, 13, 12. All right, this one will do. Giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. And he says, who had delivered us from the part of darkness and had translated us into the kingdom of his loved son, his dear son. Verse 15. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. I'll come to that. Verse 15. Now he th- Talking about Jesus, he says, "Who is the image of the invisible God?" Hell, hell, hell. Hey, when you read the Bible, do you, you read it? Hey, if hey, if I was reading the Bible and I got to someone like this, I would stop. You know, if I pass there, I will now start talking about image, and we'll just scatter everything. Let's move. Who is the image of the world? Then he says, he says, look at this, beautiful. For by him, oh, for by him were all things created. That are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. That is the purpose of the creature. That is the purpose of the creature. When a man does not find this as purpose of living, the creature has been made subject to vanity. This is where it begins. This is where it ends. Every creature that was created, I want to listen to me. Every creature that was created, every one of them that was created, they reveal, they reveal, The son of God he said for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created by him and for him that means I Pastor Enoch was created for him until that becomes my realization that I was created for him my life will be vanity my life will be vanity I would have entered into Matiotis, vanity, no purpose. Someone say, Oh, my purpose is to be a doctor. Your purpose is not to be a doctor. Your purpose is not to be a lawyer. When God talks about predestination, it's only one thing he's thinking about. Go back to Romans 8. Hmm. I'm looking for where to start this so that. Uh, all right. Let's look at 28. 28 will be a good place to start. It says, and we know. Someone said, We know. All right, someone said, we, we know he said, and we know that all things work together for good. Now, Christians like to quote the scripture Oh, we know that all things work together for good, oh, they leave it there because the rest will expose them. Yeah, the rest will expose them that that scripture is not for everybody. Oh, we know that all things are together for good. He said, No, he said, No, and we know, oh, God and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them that are called according to his purpose now the question is what is the purpose because all things work together for good but to two categories of people he said to them that love God and are called according to his purpose now the question should be so then what is the purpose because when you find yourself in that purpose all things will begin to work together for your good all right let's go to that purpose verse 29 he said for whom he did for no for whom he did foreknow, is that he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That is predestination. That all all that God is thinking about you is that you are conforming to the image of his son. That all things that are for him are gearing toward him. He said to be conformed to the image of a son that he might be firstborn among many brethren. That means Jesus becomes our very perfect example. He becomes the only one ahead of us that we look for to be like. You don't want to be like Pastor Enoch. You don't want to be like another man. You don't want to be like a certain apostle somewhere. You want to be like Jesus. When a man is called according to that purpose, he said all things begin to work together for good for him. One said, oh, does it mean I should stop being a doctor? no. That's not what I'm saying. Because those things, you do them to serve humanity. Because you're on this earth. But then, your inner life. So you see, you, don't, you, know, you are not now a doctor who has a religion. You are Christ in a hospital. <laughs> you see, there's a very big difference. Because some are doctors and they have a certain religion they practice. No, this is not a religion. Come on. Come on. Come on. This is not a religion. This is not religion. It's 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 bigger than religion. Who is Jesus? The question is who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Let's let's go let's go let's go far back so that we understand this very well. John chapter one. John chapter one. You know when Matthew was talking about Jesus, he began the genealogy. He began the genealogy from. Look at it. Go to the book of Matthew. We'll see it. Matthew chapter one. He says, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David. So, Matthew has tied Jesus Christ, because there are only four books that talk about Jesus, his life on earth. There are only four books that talk about Jesus' life, four. And those four books are not in the New Testament. Jesus Christ, thank you, Lord. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they are not New Testament books. They are not New Testament books. How did they become New Testament books? They are not New Testament books. Okay, Hebrews 9. I'll show you that they are not New Testament books. Hebrews 9. Give me verse 15. The one who demarcated Old Testament and New Testament is not God though. Do you know that? It's not God who said, let's put Old Testament and New Testament here. It's not God who did it. It's some people who came together and said, let's divide the Bible, and they put New Testament here. So we can say, they are in the New Testament section of the Bible, but they are not New Testament books. Verse 15. And for this cause, he's the mediator of the New Testament. Talking about Jesus. He says he's the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgression, that were under the First Testament. Talking about the Old Testament, that's the First Testament. They which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Verse 16. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. That means until there's the death of the testator, the testament cannot take effect. So the New Testament can only take effect after the death of Jesus. So his earthly life on earth is not a New Testament reality. That's why when he was sent to go and preach among the Gentiles, he said, I cannot go. I am only sent to the lost sheep of the of the house of Israel. Because the New Testament has not begun. He cannot go to the Gentiles. So Jesus, even though he was all right, the son of... The son of god bringing in and ushering in the new testament he had to function under the old testament with the Jews because he lived among them that's why when they brought the woman who had sinned he couldn't just discharge the woman because he has to observe the law so he now used he said if you have not seen before throw the first stone because if they throw the stone they are right according to the law the only thing they got wrong is that that's not where they're supposed to throw the stone they're supposed to throw it at the, at the uh, beginning of the gates they were supposed to take the woman to the gate because that's where the judges sit. So they brought the woman to Jesus to trap Jesus. But they were right because according to the law of Moses, when a woman is caught in adultery, you have to stone her. Jesus could not say, you people cannot stone her, go back, because they will stone him. Yes, they will stone him. So he said, if you have not seen before, cast the first stone. So now mind games now. <laughs> Everyone start leaving their stone and go back. Did Jesus say, woman, go Everything is fine. He said, go and sin no more because the woman is wrong. I said, there are four books that talk about the life of Jesus. And I said, they are not New Testament books. They are the testimony of the prophets. The Gospels, last last year when I was teaching on Christ and Christianity, I thought about it. I went more in depth. I had a board here. I wrote so many things, but you you have to understand it. The, The four books are the testimony of the prophets. What does it mean? It means everything the prophet prophesied about the Messiah coming, those books. So you see a lot of time, Matthew will say, so that it will be fulfilled what was written by the prophet Isaiah. So that it might be fulfilled what was written by the prophet Isaiah. Uh, prophet. So they had to give testament to what the prophet said. So everything, the life of Jesus was a working prophecy. So let's see what Matthew says. Matthew stays in Matthew chapter 1 verse 1. Look at it. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ. Hmm. The son of David. The son of Abraham. Matthew immediately ties Jesus to David, who is a man. He's talking about his kinship. Go to the book of Luke. In the book of Luke, from verse 1 to verse 4, it's a salutation. He has not begun the genealogy. It's a salutation. his greeting. For as much as many have set forth in order a declaration of those things which I most surely believe among us, even as they delivered them to us, which were uh, eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first to write in order, most excellent Theophilus. So you see, is you see how you were writing letter, dear madam, that is, <laughs> that's, that's Luke's own, dear, most excellent Theophilus. that's it, that's where it started, for as much as many have set into order, a declaration of all those things that are set to. That's his his salutation. But then he comes to verse 5. He talks about there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zechariah. That means Luke, the book of Luke, ties Jesus to priesthood. He ties Jesus to priesthood. If the beginning does not convince you, let's look at the end. Luke 24, verse 50. I said the beginning does not convince you that the book is our priesthood. Verse 50. And he led them out as far as to Bethany and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. In the Old Testament, only the priests lift their hand and bless the people. So Luke ties Jesus to priesthood. The only person who appeared on the scene and ties Jesus with no earthly man, John. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. I want to finish talking about Jesus in this light, and let's see something. You see this scripture. I'm sure many of you have heard this before. There was a meeting in heaven. They said, "Who died? Who will go?" And God was there. Jesus was there. The angels were there. Abraham was there. Isaac, Jacob, all of them have gathered in the heavenly parliament. And we're all waiting. Who go? Who go? Who die? Then Jesus said, I will go. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, if that happened, that was a spiritual fraud. It means Jesus was not a man. It's not true. Okay, question if he was in heaven before. Why is it after resurrection, when he was now entering heaven, the angels ask, who is the king of glory? Number three, if God really asks the question, does it mean that an angel could have saved us? Now, you know, a lot of the time, when we say things like this, I like to prove it with scripture, all right? We prove it with scripture, We're going to look at the scriptures. Let's look at that story of the scriptures where they said, No, you know, sometimes the fact that you've had a lie for long doesn't make it true. So let's go to the scripture. Where did they ask this question that, Whom shall I send and who shall go? Let's look at it. Isaiah. And some people's argument is that it's probably messianic. It's not messianic. You see the story there. The the stories that are messianic, you can see them. All right. (laughs) Whom shall I send? And whom shall go then Jesus came out I will go Isaiah chapter 6 let's start from verse 1 so we read it in context in the year that King Uzziah died I saw who is who is the I Isaiah all right I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple verse 2 above it stood the seraphims each one had six wings with twin he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twin he did fly. Yeah. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Verse 4. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Verse 5. Then I said, What is me? I am undone. Who is the person talking here? Oh, you are going to school now. Right? Because if... Let me tell you, if this voice is Jesus, that means Jesus is declaring that he has sinned. Then said I, Woe is me for I am undone. Okay, maybe you don't understand. I am undone. Give me an NIV so that you think that I'm undone just maybe you have not dressed or something. So give me NIV. Let's let's look at it. War to me, I cried. I am ruined for I am a man of unclean lips. Go back to King James. That will also immediately contradict what Peter said that he was tempted at all forms, yet he knew no sin. If Jesus said this, it will contradict that. Paul who said that <coughs> he knew uh, uh, him who knew no sin was now made sin for us. Okay. Then John who said in him was no sin, so it will contradict the three. So this one, do we all agree that this voice here is not Jesus? Do we all agree? Let's continue. I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Verse 6. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongues from off the altar. Verse 7. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Verse 8. And I also heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, I, here am I, send me. Japon. That is not Jesus. That is not Jesus. How will God take a grown Jesus, turn him into a small baby, and put him a woman's womb? What kind of movie is that? But then, if you want to know the truth of what happened, John gave us the truth. John chapter 1, verse 14. And the word was made flesh. So this was not a man turning... <laughs> it was the word... Taught them in model church. I said, How did how did Mary get pregnant? How did you get pregnant? Don't think God is a magician. Because if you think God is a magician, it's like God was in heaven, he was holding the Harry Potter wand. (laughs) Then Mary was like, then Jesus came into his belly. No, no, no. The angel Gabriel. Who is a messenger carried the word of God, and Mary said, Be it unto me, as you have said, as she believed the word. Okay, first Peter chapter 1, verse 23. You see, human beings give birth like this: the man has the, the, the life, the woman has the, gives the body. Science. What I'm saying, science is correct. It's not a Bible, it's science. The man gives the life, the woman gives the body, the man gives the sperm, the woman gives the egg. Correct or false? That's how it is. The man gives the life, the woman gives the body. So, in a natural natural, uh, intercourse, you require the egg of the woman to give the body. And you require the sperm of the man to give the life. But there's a problem with the sperm of a man. There's a problem with the sperm of a man. How do we you know the problem? First Peter chapter 1, verse 23. He said, Being born again, not of corruptible seed. The word seed over there is from the Greek word sperma, which is translated sperm. He said, Being born again, not of corruptible sperm, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abide forever. That means the sperm of man is what has actually been passing on the sin. <laughs> so when God wanted Jesus to come without sin. He needed a woman. He didn't need a man. So then, how did Mary get pregnant? The message that Gabriel carried when she spoke it unto Mary and she believed it. That word, because he said, being born again, not of corruptible sperm. He said, but of incorruptible. That means there is an incorruptible sperm of God. And that is his word. And that word Fertilize the egg because it has to be a real egg. Because Jesus has to be fully man and fully God. Jesus is the word of God made flesh. He said, and the word became flesh. You are the one who sees word as an ideal or an idea or something abstract. Words are living in the spirit. They are living in He is not words. He is the very word of God. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Someone's argument is, what about when God said, let us make man in our own image? Who was he talking to? Let us. Good argument. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The word God over there, the Hebrew word used here is Elohim. And always remember this, all right? If if you're a member of this church, I'm sure you know this already. In Hebrew, anytime you see the im, 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 what does it show? Anytime you see im, I've taught you this thing. I am. It means what? Plural. Cherubim. Seraphim. What is berim? <laughs> Plural. So the word used here is Elohim. Some Christians say Jehovah Elohim. There's nothing like that. Elohim is. Plural form of God. So, in Genesis 1, verse 1, he combines all of them together and says, Elohim. Then from verse 2, he now starts separating them. Verse 2. He now starts separating said, And the earth was all form and void. And the was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, first one, to be separated. who upon the face of the waters. Verse 3. And God, Jehovah, said the word. And that was the modus brand of of, of creation. Now, 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 now. All right, you say, what about, let us make man? Who and who are making? Who and who are making? Jesus. Is the word incarnate. He is God's word made flesh. He is God's word made flesh. I was telling them in the pastor's camp, I said, all things were made for him. All things were made, they were created for him. Let me tell you, let me tell you, the reason why, I told them, and they were all laughing, I said, the reason why, God made the river. If if he doesn't make the river, you will not understand the river of life. He is the river of life. He is the system of living water. Why didn't he say, I'm the Aquila of of life? No, no, ask yourself, why didn't he say, I'm the Aquila of life? Because Aquila is only eating, and made by the airways. Why didn't he say, I'm the fufu of life? God knows that. Why didn't he say, I'm the eba of life? Because only Nigerians. He chose bread because all nations in the world eat bread. He's the bread of life. Ladies and gentlemen, if any man points you to himself without pointing you to Jesus, he has lied to you. Because this, this world, everything was made by him made through him and made for him bible says that he holds everything by the word of his power he upholds all things by the word of his power this world this earth this earth do you know how long it took scientists let me tell you do you know how it took long time for them to realize that the earth was actually a sphere and it was hanging in space took them so long but this was revealed in the book of job That the earth earth was hanging was revealed in the Book of Job, and Job was one of the first books to be ever written. Everything mirrors Jesus. Everything mirrors Jesus. When you understand this, you understand that He is God. He's, you know. Come on, do you understand what His crucifixion meant for us? First Corinthians chapter one. First Corinthians chapter one. End with this. from verse 17 Paul is speaking Paul is speaking he said when he said in 1st chapter 2 he said I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified then he begins in verse 17 for Christ sent me not to baptize but to preach the gospel not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect.' what's he saying okay verse 18 for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. He said, when we preach the cross, the ones who perish, the people of the world, is like foolishness. How can you be talking about every man was saved by one cross? Every man was saved by one cross. Ladies and gentlemen, let me submit unto you the matters of the cross. The cross is a very, very, very delicate matter that some people have not yet understood if a man understands what happened on the cross that man will surrender his life to Jesus Christ let me show you something that happened on the cross the Bible says in the book of Galatians that curse is every man that hangeth on a tree hold hold on a cross is not a tree in the Jewish um, Judaism they hang you on a tree that is why Judas hanged himself on a tree so that scripture did not necessarily mean cross Cursed is every man that hangeth on a tree. But hold on. A tree is made by God. A cross is made by man. That means, oh come on. I don't know if you caught it already. A tree is made by God. But a man takes what God has made and makes a cross out of it. Out of the same tree. That means the crucifixion of Jesus Christ was God and man crucified him. How can you say God crucified him? God crucified him. Time will not permit me. I would have taken you to the book of Isaiah. Chapter 55. It talks about how God. It says God had laid on him the iniquity of us all. God is the one who laid on him the iniquity of us all. How did man crucify him? Peter said it. He said, "Had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of Glory." So that crucifixion was both God nailing him and man nailing him. Why did God have to nail him? Because of justice. He is a God of justice. Don't think that when Jesus said, "Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani," don't think that when Jesus, when, when when Jesus said it, don't think God inter- intentionally just left. Say, "I'm going. I'll come back later." No, that's not was happening. Truly, our sin was laid on his spirit. And God is holy and does not look upon sin. God had to crucify him for us. His crucifixion meant three major things. Can to not permit me to go into other scriptures. Three major things. Number one, he died for us, which means substitution, write it down. He died for us. He died for us. Substitution, that means he died in my place. He died in my place i said some people come together and say oh oh this is the story of salvation that god jesus was in a boat then i was sinking and he drew me and put me inside the boat i'm saved that isn't the story of salvation that's not the story of salvation this is the true reflection of the story of salvation jesus is in a boat he's supposed to be in a boat because he has done no sin you are sinking because you are supposed to sink because you are bad. That is a true story. And the water to us to collect you because you are bad. Then Jesus says, come and sit in the boat. Let me go in for you. That's a substitution. So Kwame, come here. So I stand in my righteous place. He stands in a sinful place. Then Jesus says, this place, I cannot just take you out of there. It will not be judicially correct. So what? You know what? Come here. Stand here. I'll stand there for you. i take your place. That's a substitution. So then, if he stood in a righteous place, and I stood in a sinful place, and he has stood in my sinful place, and I've stood in righteous place, then do I say that I'm still a sinner? It's an insult to the sacrifice of Jesus. That is what Jesus did for us. He was crucified for us. He was crucified for us. That's what he said in Isaiah chapter 53. Go back there. Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah 53. Let's start from who had believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Ah, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He had no form nor comeliness when we shall see him. There's no beauty that we should desire him. He's talking of Jesus. Verse 3. He's despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and it was, we esteemed him not. Verse 4. Surely he had borne our griefs oh come on he had our griefs what's, what's he saying there he has taken our griefs it was our griefs he took our griefs the word griefs over there he's not talking about tears he's talking about sicknesses he had borne our griefs he has taken our sicknesses that means i'm not supposed to be sick again that sickness is not no, no longer accredited to me again god doesn't see me as a sickle self patient again he had borne my sickle cell he had borne the brain tumor He had borne that eye defect. He had borne that blindness. He had borne that neck pain. He had borne that back pain. Surely, come on. The prophet says Surely. He didn't just say he had borne a grief. He said, Surely he had borne a grief. You are carrying that sickness for nothing, ladies and gentlemen. You can drop that sickness right to this service. Surely he had borne a grief. He had borne a grief. He had borne our depression. He had borne our depression. I'm not supposed to be depressed again. He had borne our depression. I cannot carry it and he will carry it at the same time. If I give it to him, I should walk away free. He had borne our griefs. He said he had carried our sorrows. He had carried our sorrows. He had carried our sorrows. That means God doesn't want me to sorrow again. He had carried our sorrows. He said yet we did see him stricken. Smitting of God. I said God crucified him. Smitten of God, he was smitten of God and afflicted. He was smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgression. This is the substitutionary work of Jesus. He was wounded for my transgression. Let me tell you something. Your transgressions are no longer supposed to wound you again because he was wounded for your transgression. You can drop your sin. You can drop your life of sin today in this service because he, had, he was wounded for your transgression. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. We are healed. You had borne our griefs. you had borne our griefs. you had borne our griefs. He had borne our grief. He had borne our sickness. He borne that problem. He borne that problem. He had borne that problem. At this point in time, if you look at yourself, you're a sinner and you see yourself before God as a sinner. Everybody close your eyes at this point. You want to give your life to Jesus, lift your right hand right now. I want to lead you to Jesus Christ. I want to take advantage of today to give your life to Jesus Christ. Lift your right hand if you want to give your heart to Jesus. Lift your right hand. Don't, don't be sorry of anybody. Lift your right hand. This is the biggest thing that could happen ever happen to any man. Lift your right hand. Don't be afraid of anybody. In fact, please stand. Please stand. Please stand. This is the biggest decision of your life. Don't miss today. Don't miss today. Surely, you had borne our griefs. Today is the day that Jesus is going to take that grief away. He's going to take that sorrow away. He's going to take everything away. Today is the day. His blood is enough. You don't need to do any other thing again. His blood is enough. His blood is enough. His blood is enough. His blood is enough.